Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Uh, yesterday, I realized I had too much episode in one episode, so I decided to come back a second day in a row. It's the leftover show, but I got really good leftovers, so you guys are going to like it because there's all sorts of stuff that we were talking about yesterday that we didn't get covered today. So today, we're going to get into it. Uh, yesterday, you know, I was talking all a bunch about the January 6th stuff, and uh, what's fun is that there's going to be five more days of primetime television, all about January 6th. And uh, even though they haven't aired the future days, I don't know if you guys know this, but the reason why I've been right about COVID, I was right about Russia collusion, I was right about Ukraine wars, I have a crystal ball, and I can see into the future, and I can know things that are going to happen before they even happen. And that's why even though we haven't seen all the January 6th committee hearings, we're only on day one, uh, they're going to be doing six full days of this thing. They're really milking it. And so I have a song that's uh, going to be a summary of all of the days. I, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, how can I know what's going to happen on the days that haven't even happened yet? How can I have a parody song summarizing everything that's happened if it hasn't even happened? And that's what I'm trying to tell you. I can see the future. I know the way that the rest of these things are going to go. And so here for you now, I have, uh, I, I got a song uh, that's going to summarize all the days of what's going on because you know they, they couldn't get this done in one hearing usually they do in the middle of the afternoon even if it's 12 hours they get it done even if they don't take any piss breaks and they go hey this person's a rapist or hey this benghazi person turned off security footage and lied to us about it usually they can condense into a day but not when it comes to january 6 january 6 they, they, they this thing's going a whole week I, and they broke it up by a weekend that's how good they are at hitting the prime time they hit it thursday night then like, let's re- let's take a break. Nothing on Friday. No one's going to watch that. Take the weekend off. Come back Monday night, full force and do a whole nother week of it. All right, here we go. Here's my uh, here's here. Here's my my recap of how this whole thing is going to go down. On the first day of January 6th hearings, the Democrats get to be Trump is super bad. Primetime TV. On the second day of January 6th hearings, the Democrats gave to me footage of people being shoved. Trump is super mad, primetime TV. On the third day of Christmas, the Nancy Pelosi handpicked to mission without Jim Jordan gave to me General Miley Wiling. Cops on the floor crying, where's my backup? Trump is dangerous, primetime TV. I think we're behind the song. Let's pull it back. I can't hear it because I have the headphones on. I didn't plan this out that well. All right, now we're back on. On the fourth day of how do we not talk about inflation and the president's dementia, the Democrats get to be for intelligence and support. Three Republicans going, we're scared. Two transgenders who can now show their dicks to kids. All on primetime TV. On the fifth day of how are we going to fill five verses or episodes with this? The Democrats didn't show to me. Nancy Pelosi not calling for her backup. Trump saying, let's be peaceful. People going, oh, we can just walk into this building. And then the Fed's going, everyone, we got to get into that building. All on live TV. All right, we're going to get a musical director in here who can, you know, time the parodies a little better. But we did it. I committed to the bit. And now we're done with it, so I don't have to sing anymore. All right, what else we got going on? I had other news stories to cover. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
Uh, oh, all right. We're going to play this video and then we're going to do a breakdown. This, uh, this is a fun video. This is, uh, I don't know. You guys ever listen to Joel Alstein? I, I got to tell you, when I was down in that area, well, here I travel the whole country and then I go to these cool areas and then I think I'm going to do all sorts of things. Then I just stay in the hotel room, read the news and jerk off. And I'm like, I could have just done this at home, but my hope is my home's a wreck. So sometimes it's nice being able to do it from a hotel. Uh, but when I was down there, I was like, I would love to go see Joel Alstein. You know why? He's just a good sales guy. I mean, I haven't listened to all that many of his speeches, but if you catch a couple minutes, usually there's not even that much God or anything else in it. From what I can hear, it's usually just more like, and if you can feel that love, and I don't know why I'm making him sound like Biden. I could have thought I could have watched him beforehand, worked on that impression. But I feel like when I watch Joel Alstein, uh, the, the couple clips that I've seen, you know, he just gives you a couple inspirational messages. And then you got to be impressed with the fact the guy's packing out a stadium. You know, I'm, I'm putting 15 asses into a seats and in backyards and those people like to bring their own seats. This guy can fill up a stadium of people that want to. And most people don't even like God that much. So if you can sell a stadium of people wanting to show up on a Sunday and donate money to hear you talk about God, you're doing something right. May, maybe I got to whiten my teeth, get a get a Jerry curl, have big old smiles and be like, if I can do it, you can do it. More of that energy, more of the. Hey, if we aren't you feeling this spirit that I have, because you can feel this spirit too. And then we can all feel really good and turn to your neighbor and just if you shake his hand and we smile at him, he smiles at you. We can all, we can all feel the Lord in our hearts. I would have liked to have gone seen him. I didn't go to see him. Anyways, uh, this was an incident that took place at Joel Alstein's church in the middle of services. Let's give it a play. And then, uh, you know, I got some commentary. My fucking choice! Laws against abortion will not stop them from happening. Wielding the Bible as a weapon to control women, women's free choice is not. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. God bless you. It's my body, my fucking choice. So let's pause for one second. So you got Joel Alstein. He's holding his Bible in his hand. He's uh, saying his nice prayer. The room quiets down and this lady goes, this is my big moment. And so she takes off her, her shirt. She decides she's going to show off her mediocre body. I mean, why am I shitting on her? She's got a flat tummy. I'd love to have a tummy that looked like that. And then I guess she had some, uh, some other person grope her beforehand, or maybe it's her own fingerprints, but she's got green fingerprints front and center. And then, you know, she looks at her friend and she's going to be like, aren't you in on this with me? You know, that moment of embarrassment, like, hey, I thought we were doing this. And then the other friend who's even less attractive is like, all right, shit, I guess we are getting naked in this church now. Uh, and so she gets naked and then they got like period stains on the back end. I think they just did that for uh, for effect, even though there is a there is a tampon shortage. Uh, which you got to feel particularly bad for these women who are condoms getting the Johnson and Johnson, you know, vaccines. There's nothing worse than showing up. You got a heavy flow and you're like, are you kidding me? There's not a single tampon. Well, I, what am I supposed to be shoving up my vagina right now? I, I guess the t-shirt section, you got, you got tube socks. What, what, what else is going to work up here? 
anyways, these, I, I don't think they were on their periods. I think they were just trying to make their church uh, disruption even more disgusting. But here we go. You know, this was still a little too much play-by-play commentary. Let's watch the uh, less attractive one get undressed also. My choice! Overturn, girls! Hell no! My body! My choice! You got to say, even if you're pro-abortion, I think you would be like, yeah, these people. I mean, even if you're anti-abortion, if you found out this lady was pregnant, you'd be like, yeah, let's have less of that lady. I think even the church, like the Pope himself would make an exception and just be like, uh, yeah, we shouldn't be doing it. But, you know, exceptions for rape, incense, and if people like this are going to procreate. Yes, you, you, you. not only is it my body, my choice, but if there's going to be less of you in the world, you've made the right choice. All right, so here's what I want to get at. You want to have your abortions. I'm, I'm a big fan of freedom. You should be able to live in communities with like-minded individuals or maybe your entire church is that you celebrate abortions. Maybe that's the worship service that you do. And guess what? It would be inappropriate if I came and I disturbed that service. I feel like there's a missing thing that nobody quite talks about, that there are higher values. And one of them is just respect for other people. Like, why would you disturb it? Like, you can't be on the side of right if you're showing up and you're disturbed. Like, the action that you're taking is clearly a negative. It's like engaging in violence to pursue your agenda. Well, then you're the one who's doing the violence. You're the one who's bringing a negative into the equation. And you can pretend, hey, the end justifies the means or, well, the violence that I'm engaging in is worthwhile. But, like, just have some, like, if we all just had some fucking respect for each other, it's not really not that complicated. Like, don't show up to places when you're sick. Don't be sneezing on people. Don't steal people's money. And just have some fucking respect in life. Like, some, I, I don't know, like, there's some things that, like, just shouldn't be that complicated. Whatever your opinion is, it's not so good. You're not showing up to church with the cure to cancer that you should impose it on the other people. You know, like I even had this, it goes both ways. Like here's some of the higher values that I feel like I grew up in, with in my life that for some reason, like just doesn't seem to exist in the culture. Firstly is don't complain. I mean, I, all I do on the show is complain, but it's mostly about the government because, you know, they're stealing our, they're stealing our future. So, you know, and, and, and you don't have to listen to my complaining. It's not like I showed up to dinner and then you guys thought we were going to have a nice meal. And then I just ruined it by complaining the whole time. No, I, I did the nice thing. I woke up early and I researched why I was complaining and then I did it over the internet. So then when I showed up to the other place, I didn't have to complain. That, that That's like, or you pay a shrink to complain and that's why you pay them. They're not going to help you anything. They don't have any good ideas or opinions. Believe me, there's no help there, but at least it's a place that you can pay and someone has to listen to you complain. So then when you go hang out with your other friends, you get all your complaints all the way. So that was one. And the next was like, don't be a tattletale. Now it's like, oh, well, like you, you, you get free shit for tattletaling. If you can whine the loudest, be the biggest victim and complain about what other people are doing, you know, government's coming along and going, yeah, here's some free shit. And we wonder why there's more of this stuff. But like to me, these were just higher values. Don't complain. Don't tattletale. Just have some respect. You, you can do it. Go do what you want. You just don't do it in the middle of someone else's services. On that note, I was once in Milwaukee uh, and we're at like a mall on a Sunday and there was this dude holding a Bible and he's yelling into the mall. Like I, this must be, this is not really a New York thing, but he's just yelling at the top of his lungs about the devil's coming for all of you. And unless you repent. And so me just being the asshole high school kid that I was at the time, 
I just walked up to him with a big smile on my, on my face. Like, sir, I'm really interested in what you're saying. Do you mind telling me what your message is? And like, he looks at me and he just keeps yelling. And I'm like, sir, I, I'm actually, I'm interested. Would you mind telling me? And then he's like, well, just listen. I'm like, well, you're yelling. I can't even really understand you, but I'm interested. I'll listen. I'll listen to what you have to say. And then he started getting really mad. And I kept up, I kept up this bit for a fair amount of time. But in that case, you know, people aren't in church. It makes no sense to go stand on a wall and just yell at the top of your lungs. Then you're being the asshole because nobody benefits from that. There's no one who goes, oh, this guy's yelling. And I, I, you know what? He's right. I better turn my life around. No one's listening. No one's listening to your stupid fucking message. If it's in a place that it shouldn't be and you're just yelling up the top of your lungs, that doesn't, it's stupid. And it's annoying to the people who decided not to go to church and they're walking around in the mall. You, you, I promise you that that guy probably could have gone every single Sunday for his entire life and yelled. He probably hasn't redeemed a single soul. And not only that, I bet he could have been like righteous in all of his other ways. And then he gets up to heaven and God's like, did you have to yell in the mall every Sunday? And on the same note, you, you want to go get like uh, abortions and stuff. You know, I'm, I, I'm not telling you one way or the other, but you can't think you're on the right side when you're showing up to church and you're, and you're disturbing a ceremony as if these people are imposing on you. And you are and you feel like you're the good guy here. Here, we can watch a little bit more of the footage. I'm here today to break the silence and stand up because the Christians are not afraid to bother us at healthcare clinics, at doctor's offices, trying to get essential healthcare. So why the fuck wouldn't we bother you in your own home where the laws are coming from? You know what? I hadn't heard that part of the video. Uh, and all right, I guess it makes a little bit of a point there. But however, I don't think these people actually get into the room. You know, even this, I would say you want to protest outside of the church, then that's kind of fair game. It's weird, but it, it's fair game. The middle of the service is like, can you imagine if those people showed up with like holy water, pulled the vacuum out of your vagina, started yelling and sprinkling water on the doctor as if it was like a vampire and he was trying to like salvage him and they're holding up the thing. I would also go, all right, that's a little bit too much. <laughs> there's a, there's a medical procedure going on in this room. I feel like uh, you're stepping over a line. All right, let's read a couple, a uh, couple comments here. If I can, uh, if I can see him, I think I got my, my lights on too bright. Too much, uh, too much coming off my forehead here. Making my homie wife listen to all this week's episode as we drive through Yellowstone. Can you wish Jamie a happy birthday and anniversary? Happy uh, anniversary, Jamie. I hope it, uh, I hope it all comes together for you. And uh, I feel, I feel like you got a nice feller there that he's taking you through Yellowstone. Abby Normo, happy fellow June birthday to Jamie. Oh look, you guys are even within the comments. You're, uh, you're conversing. I hope everyone. Makes good lifelong friendships in the comments. So run your mouth. Dingus Khan, he can't stay on a beat because it's a Christmas song. That is true. I kind of blew that bit, but it, it, it happens. Abby Normal, nice Heine. I think you're talking about my Heine. Thank you. Uh, new rule, all lefties must abort their first pregnancy. Less leftists equals a better society, you know? You, except that be, you know, a lot of kids rebel against their, uh, their parents. So I don't know if that policy would work. Uh, but, you know, before we move on to the next thing, uh, sheathunderwear.com. And this is how good sheath underwears are. I, I'm going to, I have to track down this guy from Robert, but yesterday, cool fan, nice long locks of hair shows up to the store. And by the way, here's the newest sheath promotion. If you show up to the store, uh, Robert, he's got a tailor suit and he'll measure your dick and balls to make sure that you're in the proper pair of sheaths. 
and they got a private room, so you don't have to do it in front of the other people. But Robert, he's an expert in underwear and dick and ball comfort. And so when was the last time you ever sat down and actually got measurements from a tailor? And you certainly certainly never had a tailor measure your cock and balls to make sure that it fit comfortably within your pants. But Robert, he's willing to do it. You show up to that store. You don't have to do it. You can just buy underwear and leave. That, 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 that you can do. But if you want to use promo code RYM and have your dick and balls measured by Robert, did he agree to this promotion? No, he's probably hearing it right now, same as you, going, why, why is that a promotion? But if one person shows up and, and takes advantage of that, then I'll I'll laugh. And thanks to the one guy who I have to get on the show. He bought one pair one day, and then he came back the next day, and he's like, I'm going to need seven pairs of this because this is a game changer. I've never felt this good in my entire life. I've been staying home this whole pandemic because Fauci told me to stay home, and then I didn't feel comfortable going outside. But now that I have the confidence of seeing how good my sheath bulge looks every time I look in the mirror and knowing how good uh, my cock and balls feel, in this unbelievably silky, silky, uh, silky uh, fabric. Now I can leave my house again. And in pregnant women like these, I'm going to church. And I, you know what? Yeah, I'm. I, that by the way, that's a good move for getting laid. Is if you're standing right next to someone and they're having one of these panic moments, you just you just hop right into the moment. But then what ends up happening is like these people were like nicely thrown out. If you're a dude and you get in on this kind of action, uh, like I once saw a pretty lady. Like she threw up in a bar and started crying. And you know what people did? They brought her napkins. If you do that as a dude, you're, you're going to get picked up and hauled. You're going to just get hauled, like literally just fucking tossed out. But, you know, I wasn't here to complain about double standards. All right. What else do we have in our leftover episode? I think I had another uh, another one of these wacky videos. Oh, yeah. Here was a lady topless pro-choice protester runs, on, runs onto court at WNBA game in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, the women stripping naked, they're, they're not sending their best. If you're going to put people on the front line of these movements and you're you're trying to garner support for being topless, you don't want the one pair of titties nobody wants to see. I mean, I, I, if I want to see things like I can go to a public pool and look at nine-year-olds that are fat, not that you should do that. That's creepy. Don't do that. And if you are doing that, make sure to wear sunglasses and not to talk to them and pretend like you're reading the newspaper, but still don't do that. that that's it's probably illegal and you shouldn't do that. I was trying to help out. I ended up making a creepy point. I was just trying to help out the women trying to lead these topless movements and and let them know we're I, I'm not we're, we're not against women going topless. You know, I think you can get a lot of support on that one, but send out the nicer titties. All right, and then this video I came across on uh, libs of TikTok, uh, and let, let's give it a play. Happy Pride, everybody! I already mentioned this in my story, but um. I've added a new set of pronouns to the pronouns that I'm comfortable being called. I've been sitting on Faye Fair Fair's pronouns for a while and honestly kind of psyching myself out about it. I'm like, oh, do I really want to like change this again? And then I like realized I was like, who cares? Like if I decide that I don't like them, I can just stop using them. My other thing about this new set of pronouns is that I would only like for queer and trans people to use them for me. Cishet people, they, them. Queer and or trans people, you can use they, them, or fey, fair. It's all good with me. I'm excited because fey, fair pronouns make me feel very affirmed in my not feeling like a person. Well, the good news is that uh, the people that we don't really want to interact with, they've started using a different language. So, you're, you know, you're not going to get in trouble for not communicating with, because I, I don't I don't even know what happened there. 
Uh, this to me is like, I don't know. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I feel like this is the way the instructions would go. Like most people, I just hang out with them. You, you call them by a name and you move on. This feels like a lot of instructions. I mean, if you're showing up to any conversation with this many instructions for how people can interact with you, I think there was an episode of Louie where he's got to watch some some kid for like uh, for a lady and she shows up with just too many instructions. It's like you can't have this. If you're if you have this many instructions, you're being overimposing. You got to at least simplify it. You want to simplify it and go, hey, my name was Rick. Now it's Ricky now. Hey, fair enough. You want to go by Ricky? That, that works. Keeping it simple. If I got to take three classes, like like learning Spanish, I got to take three classes in gender studies in order to even decipher what you're trying to tell me. You're coming you're coming to the table with a little bit too much information tried or a few too many demands. All right. And now we've got uh, the new press secretary who I realize she kind of looks like a Bratz doll fucked a Cabbage Patch kid. It's like a new Chucky movie where we've combined uh, these uh, B grade uh you know toys uh so anyways there she's talking about the economy everyone's nervous about inflation things going up in price uh might be better than deflation that comes when this full recession gets into swing you know save your money now and uh who knows you might be able to buy up everything that your neighbors have then you might be able to uh, turn them into your slaves you got enough money when deflation settles in who knows what you can purchase but anyway she's talking about inflation and let's uh, give it a listen what we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration and other experts as well is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on uh, lowering prices. I actually, I want to play that again. I want to play that again. Let's listen to that once more. What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here. All right. And I want to point out that if you're at the top, uh, at the top before a collapse, you're there before a bubble pops. Aren't you always going to be at the best point historically? I mean, the moment before a problem, right? You're always going to be at the best point. So if people are going, hey, does the Fed have the tools to resolve this inflation thing? And they go, oh, well, our economy's at the best point it's ever been. We can rate, well, is that real growth? Is that like all of a sudden every single factory's in full swing and we're creating so many items and there's so much employment out there and things are cooking along that there is like real growth in the economy that you're like, oh, we can increase the cost of what it would take to borrow money because if anything, there, there's just, there's, there's too much economic growth and too much money coming out of the economic growth that's going on. And so we feel pretty confident that we can fight the inflation because is, is that the environment that we're in right now? Or is whatever strong economy you're lying about really just the top of the inflation? I mean, just the top of an economic bubble. I, I just thought that's a funny way to put it, like uh, where, where we are at economically. We're like, well, we're in the best point. Well, you're always like before things go to shit, you're always at the best point. That's kind of the way it works. All right, and then I think I had one more. What we're trying to say. I think I had one more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the latest. They're actually being honest about Ukraine. I mean, this is a weird one. For like weeks, the New York Times and all these publications were trying to pretend like Ukraine was winning this thing. I guess they finally got it passed to send them enough money that everyone's making their dollars that they needed to make on this deal that now they can finally admit, oh, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, 
they were not winning this thing. I guess they were trying to pretend like they had a chance long enough that they could send the massive amount of money, put in the big defense contract things, go, hey, we really got to support these Ukrainian people. And now everyone, they got their piece of the action. They sold the bill of goods that they needed to sell. And so now everyone can report on the fact that uh, Ukraine's losing this thing. I mean, what changed? What changed that they, they, it, it's always funny to me, like where on the internal meetings of when they're lying about shit, like what is about to happen in that country now that they're like, oh, I don't think we can lie anymore because they always got to get ahead of it. Like if tomorrow, you know, Putin took over the entire country, it doesn't look good if they kept going. Yeah, we're winning. We're winning. We're winning. And it was such a weird lie. It was such a weird lie to pretend like they were. Win- well, we know why they did it. Because they want to pretend, oh, if we just give a little bit more resources, if we just get behind them, we can save these Ukrainian lives. And then, all right, here's just another headline. It's not, you know, because now this is kind of widespread that, uh, that you know, they're running out of weapons. Uh, they got soldiers dying. They're losing critical cities. They're really changing the tone from, hey, Ukraine's winning this war. Uh, Putin's an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. He was mismatched. He didn't stand a chance and he went in there and he miscalculated. And so pretty soon he's going to be calling us up to apologize. And we will have changed the dynamics of world power because Putin uh, thinking that he was going to restore the glory of Russia and reconquer the world and restore uh, the borders of the old Soviet Union. He overstepped this time. He really miscalculated. He didn't know what was coming. I don't know. I mean, finally, they're walking away from that lie. but. Isn't it a little bit strange? What do you think changed over the last couple of weeks? And then once the story changes, what do you think Biden does? Well, he goes, I, I warned the guy. You know, we tried to tell him and it's it's not my, it's his fault. It's his fault because, uh, cause, you know, I warned him. I kept telling him he's going to go in and, and, but, and, uh, but so since I told him, you know, he, it's, 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 it's their fault. And, you know, I, I we sure we sent them stuff, and I guess we could have de-escalated since then. But you know, if if they had just acknowledged before it happened, it was gonna happen. Maybe it wouldn't happen. So you know, it's his fault. And then I want to read you this piece from Zero Hedge because I thought that this was very insightful. Here we go. However, Zelensky confessed that he was assured in private that NATO membership for Ukraine was in reality never going to happen. Below is the transcript of that part of the March 20th interview. This was on CNN, this interview, at least according to Zero Hedge. But everyone in the West told me that we do not have any chance of NATO or EU membership. I asked them not to drive the Ukrainian people into a corner because our people are brave and the West should also be brave in telling directly to Ukrainian people that, well, you're not going to be a NATO EU member. They don't have a consolidated possession uh, position. I requested that personally. I requested them personally to say directly that we're going to accept you in NATO in a year or two or five. Just say it directly and clearly or just say no. And the response was very clear. You're not going to be a NATO or EU member, but publicly the doors will remain open. I asked them about preemptive sanctions. I talked about Nord Stream 2. We were discussing all of it and simultaneously we're strengthening our army because with neighbors like this, like this, uh, we have... Uh, this is the only way out. Zelensky had followed with, we are paying with our people. He added, describing the situation as somewhat of a betrayal. So my rhetoric is absolutely true. And I'm just, I'm not mentioning explicitly what countries said that Ukraine is not going to be a NATO member. I think that this is a very righteous position that has to remain behind the scenes, but that is true. All right. Now here is the insight. 
Thus, Washington can't exactly pretend it was all all along taking the moral high ground while Biden is now throwing Zelensky under the bus. Essentially, the administration pushed Kiev to stand up to Russia while publicly making empty promises that insiders knew would never be fulfilled. And still, the U.S. and U.K. in particular are pushing a no compromise approach that will only ensure a protracted conflict and tragically more deaths. Or as Professor John Mershimer put in a now famous 2015 address at the University of Chicago, the West is leading Ukraine down the primrose path, and the end result is that Ukraine is going to get wrecked. Uh, so there you go. Biden's going. It, it's Zelensky's fault, except publicly you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we will. We refuse to take Ukraine being a NATO off the table, all while Putin's going, well, you better take that off the table, because if not, I'm going to go in there. And uh, Biden goes, nope. And then in private, Biden's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're obviously not going to join NATO. Why? What the fuck are you doing? Why are you pu publicly making statements that would provoke a war if in private you're acknowledging that it's never going to happen? What what exactly was the end game here? Uh, and so sometimes I think about this and I'm like, is this purposeful? Are they just trying to drive oil prices up so that they that all of a sudden they're green energy and their windmill shit? that like it's actually cost effective because we can't get our hands on fuel. Sometimes my conspiracy brain goes there because I'm just like wondering, like, I don't understand what the end game is here. I don't understand the end game of trying to pretend like Ukraine was winning. I don't understand the end game of pushing Putin into this. I understand if you didn't, if you knew that they weren't even going to be in NATO and you couldn't even get that end result and you didn't even really want that, then why publicly are you championing it? But then it was very interesting because I actually listened to this uh, professor, gave a speech it's six years ago where he's talking about what happened when uh, uh, under the Obama administration, when uh, we flipped over their government and, uh, you know, Russia took over Crimea. And basically he's just he's chalking it up to stupidity that like for some reason the U.S. just thinks it's going to like bully Russia without much foresight here. Considering the fact that you know down the line we're probably going to need them as an ally against China, at least according to this professor, it's a very interesting speech. I recommend you guys go give it a listen. Uh, but he basically was just like, "Yeah, Putin's not going to have this. We know that Putin's not going to have this, and the only thing that's going to end up happening is that Putin's going to go. All right, well then there won't be a Ukraine if you're going to insist. And by the way, and and the point is with the Monroe Doctrine, we can understand this. Like, all right, countries." are evil creations. So we're not endorsing countries. Wars are evil activities. We're not endorsing wars. But if you understand that there's countries and they got leaders and, and they're willing to take actions, don't fucking poke the bear. If you know, like, in other words, there are experts. This guy's not me. He's not, he's not like, or I mean, Scott Horton fucking knows everything, but you might point to Scott Horton and go, oh, that's the anti-war. This guy works at the University of Chicago. Uh, so, you know, I guess that's probably fairly mainstream. And that guy knew it. He was just like, yeah, this is really stupid. Uh, Putin's a rational actor. And then he also pointed out that there's no evidence, which I've been saying forever, that Putin wants to expand. It's very easy to say after you provoke him into into the violence to go, oh, yeah, look, there's the there's the violence. There's the expansion we're talking about. And and Putin's not going to fall for the trap of trying to take over the country because he knows he can't afford to take over the country. So if you're put if you're poking at Putin, you, you, one of two things are going to happen. One. You're going to end up with a lot of deaths in Ukraine because he's telling you NATO's not going to be there. It's not cool. That is a red line. It's not going to happen. And he'll go fuck shit up. And then if you continue pushing it, I mean, how far into a hole are you going to push the guy so that he ends up using his nukes? Like, what is the end game here? What What is it like if you're taking this hard line of we refuse to negotiate, which is what I was making fun of in the last episode? Like, what is this fantasy 
of what's going to happen, that Putin's just going to call us up and apologize. He's going to hand himself over so that he can be tried as a war criminal. Like, can somebody walk me through what exactly the argument even is from these individuals? All right. Anyways, there you go. We're calling an episode. Go take some Kratoms. Yo, Kratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. Summer Porch Store is in session. Come check out Summer Porch Store. Got some, uh, we got some good dates coming up. Uh, all right, let's take a couple comments and then, uh, that's our episode. What else do we got going on here? Uh, rhinestone. She's dating Lewis. Who's dating Lewis. I don't know. I guess I missed something in the chat here. Um, Abby normal. She's got a podcasting starting up soon. All right. Rhinestone can't wait for Jen Blackie and Zach Amico on realized press cast. I missed something in this conversation. You know, you guys got, a. Uh, you guys, maybe, all right, let's go up a little bit. Let's see what's going on here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what this conversation is. I missed it. All right, thanks, guys, for uh, hanging out with me. We'll be back probably on uh, Monday with, uh, with another episode. Sunday, probably do a part of the problem. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll be back in the shed. Next weekend, I think I'm in Chicago already. I don't know. That's coming up soon. All right, we're done. Later.